Hey guys, it's Jackson, and welcome back to another episode of Reality Talk, the podcast. Um, I just want to start out again by saying thank you all so much for the positive messages and all of the support that you've been sending my way since the podcast got released. And this is actually our fourth episode, and I can't believe it. <laughs> it's crazy that this was just an idea um, a little bit ago, and now it's happening. So again, thank you all so much and uh, keep listening. <laughs> um, today, the crazy thing is this podcast actually came out of the blue and I just had to um, jump on the opportunity. If you remember um, in the previous podcast, I interviewed Latrice Rogers and she's on um the Bell or Bell Collective, which is on own, and the show follows um, five African American um, entrepreneurs, and they, you know, that they, they have a variety of different careers. One's a dentist, one is a mental health. She owns mental health um, facilities. Um, Latrice, who I interviewed, she has a hair company. <clears throat> so they do a variety of different things. Um, and it's a really great show about their friendships, um, their personal lives with their husbands and things like that. Well, there is actually a, um, she's kind of like a recurring um, character on the show. Um, her name is Kaylin Lewis. And if you watch the show, I'm sure you all know who she is. <laughs> she um, has gotten a lot of media attention as of lately, um, at least in the reality TV world. So to kind of give you all some background on Kaylin. So she is a nurse practitioner and she lives in Jackson, Mississippi, um, where the show is filmed and where the show takes place and all that. And the show is about African-American women um, and being entrepreneurs and stuff like that. However, she is um, white and she kind of brings a different energy to the show. She kind of brings something different. I think that's why um, they really wanted to have her because she's different than the other ladies and she comes from a different background, but she's all fun and she's very quirky and she's really great. And I really enjoyed interviewing her. But she got a lot of media attention in a very negative way, unfortunately, because she kind of got into a little heated argument at a brunch that was on the show. Um, <clears throat> and it made it, people thought, and she's definitely not this, but people thought by the way she was saying certain things and by the way she was talking to some of the other ladies, or one of the other ladies specifically, not multiple, but just one of them. <laughs> that she was a racist and people have been so cruel and so mean online to her. Um, people have been sending her death threats, um, calling her the KKK Kaylin, um, calling her a Karen, just multiple, very hurtful things. And I understand that people are, you know, very sensitive about this topic. And I, and I get where people might, you know, be angry. I personally don't think it's okay ever to wish death on someone or say that you're going to come kill them and their child. And we talk about that during the interview. Um, 
but yeah, so basically what the funny thing is she listened to my interview with Latrice and she's actually good friends with Latrice and we were talking on social media and she said she loved the podcast and I invited her to come on and allow her to tell her side of the story because there's a lot that people don't get to see on the show um, because she's kind of on. Um, I wanted fans to be able to get to know her a little bit better. So um, my interview today is with Bell Collective to get to know her and get to see hear her side. Um, she talks about her personal life. She's in, engaged and she's getting married in July. So that's super exciting. She has a daughter. Um, so we talk about all of that. But we also get into what really happened at the brunch um, and what fans didn't maybe get to see and maybe why she acted a certain way at the brunch and how she really meant the comments that she was making. Um, and I hope people can listen to this and hear her out and hear her side and hopefully get to see the funny and lovely Kaylin that um, I got to talk with the other day. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kaylin Lewis from Bell Collective. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm so glad to have you, and I'm honored to be one of your first interviews that you've Thank ever you. done, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. I'm very, I'm very excited as well. Yes, and from the moment you came on the show, I loved your genuine personality and just how sweet you came off and how good of a friend you are to all the ladies, so I'm I've always loved you, so I just want to start with that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That that's nice to hear because you know, being on a reality show, there's so much stuff that's chopped up and that people right. don't get to see. And so um, it's really it's really nice to hear because you hear a lot of the negative stuff all the time, and I never ever get to hear the positive. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I can, reality TV is definitely a tough world and you definitely, I see a lot of, for anybody on reality TV, I see a lot of negative comments and I always hear about that. So I always like to, you know, let people know that there are people out there that really do enjoy watching you and um, really are rooting for you. So thank you. Yes. Well, I want to start at the beginning. So yeah. I'm just curious. So why did you decide to um, come on the show? Um, well, I was, we were scouted out back in around April, 2019, and I was interviewed as one of the main cast members. Mm -hmm. Um, and originally it was supposed to be a couple's show oh. and then some things kind of fell, fell off the grid and people got divorced and, um, they ended up not going the couple's route. They wanted to go like the black female entrepreneur route. So I was kind of cut out at that point but they liked my interview tape and I was really close with Antoinette so um I guess they just felt like the show I, I'm assuming nobody told me this I'm assuming they needed a little diversity on the show and so I was approached uh, August August 2020 and they had already shot the pilot and they wanted me to come kind of come in as Antoinette's friend and kind of see how things took off and so the reason I ended up doing it was because I have a, I have actually a big story to tell, which you haven't, that didn't show them on it because I wasn't main cast, but I have my entire 
a very unique storyline that I thought might get shown at some point. Okay, okay. You're a nurse practitioner, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's what you do. So, and then don't, you have some other stuff going on too, I think I saw on social media. Yeah, I do. I'm a single mom and I'm getting married to a New Yorker. Oh, <laughs> wow. So he says, walk and dog and talk. <laughs> That's how he is. So I've got that going on. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely a nurse practitioner and I do investments in other area areas. So I have my, my hands in different stuff. Oh, that's awesome. How many kids do you have? I have one. Uh-huh. I'm an only child too, so I completely <laughs> get it. <laughs> Well, we're oh. gonna try, my fiance and I are going to try to have one when we get married, though. Oh, that's <laughs> Just awesome. One. Just one. <laughs> yes. When are you getting married? We're getting married uh, July 10th. We were supposed to get married November 21st. And then we moved the date to uh, March 13th. And this is the last time we're moving it. Because his family, half the guests are coming from New York. The, his best man's an identical twin. He's coming from L.A., Oh. Another groomsman's coming from Miami. So, and the wedding's going to be in New Orleans. So, oh. November and March were not a good time with the circumstances to have a right. wedding. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, hey, July hopefully will be a good time. And yeah. Nice. That's so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Are, um, are any of the ladies from the show going to be there? Yeah, so I've invited um, Latrice. Well, I haven't sent the invitations out, but I am inviting Latrice and Antoinette. Um, I may in- invite Melanie, but we're trying to keep the wedding small right now. Right. Definitely Latrice and Antoinette are getting a invitation and being invited to the bachelorette party. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> so they're going to be a lot of fun on the bachelorette party if they come. <laughs> yes, they definitely will. <laughs> now, um, at the beginning of the season, you were introduced as Antoinette's friend. And I this the scene that I remember you coming in on, um, and it was really like just, I don't know how to explain it, but I really enjoyed that scene. And it was really just like an emotional moment for Antoinette. And I think she was like, you guys were on like a baseball field and she was like hit uh kind of like trying to move on from her Mm ex-husband um and you know you came in and you were so supportive so how long have you known Antoinette I moved to Jackson in 2012 and I met her around that time period I met her when she was in dental school and I cannot remember the first time I met her because it was so long ago and we've had so many encounters since then um I think it was when she had a dental party at her house I've known her almost 10 years wow wow yeah and we being on a reality show together has made us just grow so much closer because it's a different experience than anybody can imagine so there's a, a certain type of bond you grow with that person so she and I probably talk every day at this point, whereas we would just talk, you know, every now and then before that. Right, right. Oh, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, on the show, we do see her kind of deal with divorce. And you said you're a single mom. So did you give her any advice from personal experience? And maybe that was part of what you were talking about with your storyline that you were saying that you wish got shown. But what did you give her advice? And help her through it because it seems like she dealt with a lot while filming the show well Antoinette 
she didn't want to talk about her divorce on camera. Mm. Antoinette's very, she's the type of person, no matter how she's feeling, she puts her lipstick on and goes to work. You know, mm. she's not going to miss a day of work She's if she's sad. She's not going to call people and vent if she's sad. So the advice that I gave her to kind of link it with the single mom, it was kind of funny because we were on the baseball field. And when you're being filmed for a show, you feel like, I don't know if this is the exact amount of cameras, but you feel like 30 cameras are around you. And you're supposed to have an intimate moment where you're talking about something serious and you feel like a little rat in a cage. You feel oh, like a scientist yeah. watching. And if a cameraman's adjusting his camera, it catches your attention and it, you have all these spotlights on you. And it was really hard, that baseball scene, even though it was short, it was probably a two hour, two and a half hour scene. Um, and she was not opening up at first. And so we had to go to the bathroom after a while because the scene was going on for a while. And this is what I told her. I said, look, I, when I was, pre when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was 19 and I was felt at the time now I got my life together, but at the time I was spelling out of college and the biggest thing that I saw that helped me was watching Real Housewives of Orange County when Tamara Barney, Tamara Rutledge, Barney, I think was her name at the time, was talking about how she had a child at 19. And I saw the life she built for herself. And a reality show was what helped pull me through as a single mom. And I said, Antoinette, you're going to have to open up for this because, um, there's divorced people out there trying to make it and they need a reason to get out of bed and not cry over a man and they need to see that in you and so when we had that conversation at that point she really opened up about how she was feeling and her emotions and um, I guess that's the only that's the best advice I gave her because I don't know anything about divorce but I told her reality show helped me through my circumstance when I was at rock bottom and didn't have anything so she's gonna be if she just helps one person just think about it like that oh wow I didn't that's hey that's a good way to look at it and I didn't realize so you're a big Housewives fan that's that's great well, I was I was I don't watch reality tv anymore you don't. you don't you um, don't is it because of being on a reality show yourself you kind of like lost the interest in it because I know that happens to a lot of people um if anything I started watching reality tv after being on a reality show oh. um, because it I was able to kind of see how people dealt with situations um and kind of watch the cutting and editing and how some people pull through. So it's actually watching reality show was a support system for me. Um, but I stopped watching reality show. Honestly, I, I just, I didn't have time for a while. I was working 16 hour shifts mm. and then it got to a point. I didn't have cable anymore. I just have Roku. So the only show that I do watch religiously on YouTube is Chris Lee knows best. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. love, love, love. That's probably my favorite reality show. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Now, have you enjoyed, I mean, I know it's a different experience, but have you enjoyed watching yourself on Bell Collective so far? Has it, or is it weird to watch yourself? Um, yes and no. Uh, there are scenes I anticipated that I wasn't going to enjoy watching. There's 
some things I love that I giggle at, and then there's other things I cringe at. And the things that I cringe at are one thing Antoinette and I and Latrice and I all talked about when we did the show was they can't edit or cut anything that they don't have, right? Mm-hmm. So we were very cautious of what we did and said. Um, what I was not anticipating was um, like, okay, I'll give you an example. We were at uh, Antoinette's sage party. Mm-hmm. And Tambra's talking about the brunch, and then it shows me kind of cutting in and making my comment of it's hard to be empowered when there are people, volatile people there. What they what people don't know is there was an hour-long conversation going on, and it was a pretty right. good conversation. And I was like the last part of the conversation. And so what it came across as, even though those, those were the words I said, it came across as the fact that Tamara's just kind of talking about the brunch and I just blurted in and said my two cents and was starting drama. So that's kind of stuff I don't like is how a lot of, because I would have never just inserted myself in a very neutral situation. I always insert myself in heated situations. So that's the stuff I don't like. But there are things that I was worried about that turned out all right. Um, some of the drama that I was concerned about are certain things that we were really overanalyzing were not even made that big on the show. Um, so overall, it's it's probably just half and half. There's things that bothered me, but then there's things that I, I enjoyed watching, but it's really nice. It's really, I do get excited every Friday because we're watching it with the rest of the world. I get excited to see what they're going to put on the TV and what scenes they're going to use. Right. Now, um, in a question that I asked Latrice about Carlos King is like an iconic reality TV producer that, you know, I've, I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta for years and I've just known about him for a very long time. And I know some of the other shows that he's done and he's done Love and Marriage Huntsville on OWN as well. So he's a lot of, um, what has it been like working with him? So Carlos is in LA though. I think it's LA is where he is the whole time. Uh, So I didn't see Carlos. In fact, I met Carlos for the very first time at the reunion. Oh, okay. So he was, we were actually working with a guy named Slain, who was kind of the, um, I don't know the different hierarchies with production. Right. Slain seemed to be the person kind of creating the storyline and the person we went to for everything. Okay. Um, when I met Carlos at Reunion, I thought he was very nice. Um, I thought he was really respectful. Um, like when I was going up and down the stairs, he made sure he held my hand. So I didn't trip He did. Um, he, anytime I've texted him since reunion, he responds um, immediately. He's never rude. He's never disrespectful. He's always like, everything's going to be okay. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And he is a good support system. Um there's always going to be that lack of trust in production because they've got their own motives. They got to get the ratings. Carlos as a person, I think he's a pretty nice guy. And I think he's um, a very respectful person as, as a, as, as an actual person. Right. Right. And I get it. Yeah. It's definitely, I'm sure it's definitely hard to deal with um, the production side of things and they do have to make ratings, but I think he seems like he does care about, 
people he's working with. And I think, especially this season, he, you know, you, all the ladies have dealt with a lot of personal storylines that, you know, are out there now. And I think it's a great show. It's not so dark. It's not dark. It's very like uplifting. I think you guys uplift each other a lot for the most part. There's drama, but <laughs> you guys, I think people care about each other. Yeah. Really nice um, now kind of taking it to the drama route. So you've unfortunately, since you're only shown a little bit and we really don't get to see the personal side of you, you, the parts that they have shown of you a lot have been more of in those like intense moments. And specifically, I think you've gotten a lot of publicity that I've seen from the brunch scene that the brunch that kind of went wrong. Um, now, what what was it like filming that scene? And you can probably get more insight as to what was going on and mate. And I'm sure there was a lot that we didn't get to see as viewers. Yeah. So I guess since the scene's over, I can actually talk about what really was going on there. Um, and I was really upset. I had actually called Carlos when it aired on TV. And he's like, Kaylin, I mean, we had it exactly how it was. But there were several. I felt like um, there it, the brunch, I would say, I think it was a lot. It was a blur. But I think it was maybe a three or four hour scene. Mm -hmm. um, what I didn't know it was going to go the race route. Um, and that was one thing I was very specific about, mainly with Slane. I didn't really talk to obviously Carlos about it, but I said, I'm not going a race route with this show. Um, mainly because I personally don't know the right thing to say and not say. Right. All I know is what's honestly in my heart. And what's in my heart is that I look at people as people. Mm -hmm. So as far as what to say to society, I'm very direct on whatever I'm thinking. So basically what happened during that scene was it was a, I was invited by Letitia. I really was not in, invited by Antoinette. It was actually Letitia who invited me while we were at Tamra's party. Antoinette was kind of like, well, first brunch went south. And if Marie's there, I don't know if this is going to be a good thing. And I said, well, we'll just not sit by Marie. And um, when I got there, we were doing the affirmations and they were like, I'm a strong black woman. I didn't know what to say. So I was like, I'm a strong black woman. And then I said, I think I'm a white woman though. <laughs> I didn't know yes. what to say. I should have just been like, I'm a strong woman. But I, I honestly didn't know what I was supposed to say. So then we sat down and everybody's talking about their experiences. And it was really upsetting hearing everybody about everybody's experiences that they had been through because I have I was honest, tell, honest to God telling the truth in that scene. I've never been around anybody racist. I don't know if it's because people know how I feel. I have a very strong personality and they wouldn't say anything controversial in front of me because they know I'll shut them down. I don't know if maybe I was ignorant to racial comments. I don't know what the deal was, but I haven't experienced that of anybody on the white side being racist. And so I was really upset hearing these girls' experiences. And then what was not shown was the fact that the conversation went left of talking kind of negative about white people. Mm. Um, that's why I walked out, but that part's not shown on it. 
So it looks like I got like this white guilt and just walked out because I had this white guilt. No, I would have, I was upset hearing about their experiences, but it was when I was hearing negative things about white people. And so um, I don't think it was ill intent at all because I've talked to the girls about it. I think it was just, you know, I think everybody just kind of forgot I was there. And um, what I ended up doing during that scene, I went up to one of the producers and I said, hey, I'm just going to slip out of here. And he was like, yeah, go outside and unmike. So as I was walking out, I was crying. And I didn't know that the girls were going to follow me out. I don't know if they were provoked to follow me out. I don't know if they noticed me leaving, but I was trying to be sneaky about it. And by the time the girls got to me and turned me around, I'm crying at that point. Well, it was suggested, look, you walked out, you look like a Karen. <laughs> so go back in and explain yourself. Can you handle it? And I was like, yeah, I can handle it. That's fine. So I go in there and I go to explain myself because all the other girls, the girls got a chance to talk. Why not hear the other side of the story? And then at that point, that's when Marie chimed in mm. and was like, this is not the time or place. And there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that's going on with Marie, not just on camera. And we, most of us were pretty fed up with her. And so, and I kind of knew about, some things with her and so at that point I was there was so much frustration I was asked to come in I'm trying to give my side then here comes Marie and at that point I'm just like uh, I think you've got to be in control of the situation if it's not about you if you're not the center of attention then um you know you're you don't care you know and um the part where I said come here she was actually standing up. She had taken her shoes off and slammed them on the table and was getting ready to take her earrings off. So uh -huh. I think a lot of black online from people saying, I was stereotyping a black woman. If you go back and look at that scene where she's going at me, you can see the shoes laying on the table. That just part wasn't shown on camera. So right. she was her shoes all saying, B, I'm going to beat your... You know, and that's when I was like, well, then come here. <laughs> that's exactly how I took it from you. That, because I don't, and I was like watching it. And I'm like, well, where did they get this like stereotyping, like race thing? Like all she was saying was it looked like Marie was standing up trying to fight her. And she was saying, well, come here. Like you're trying to fight me. And you could, I saw like her earrings were being taken out. It looked like she was, I mean, maybe not held back, but like people were trying to stop her from coming over to you. So I could tell that's what it was. And then when all this stuff went online, I was just like in shock. Cause I'm like, that's not how I saw it at all. But like, yeah. maybe I'm not looking at it in the right no, way. I but... here Cause she kept saying she was going to beat me up. I said, well, I've never been in a fight in my life. I will mm. get in the fetal position. I'll make it easy for you. I said all that. <laughs> yeah. Said, tell me to come here again. I said, well, come here. She said, tell me to come here again. I said, come here. But she never came here. Right. <laughs> Right. So that's kind of how it went. I did during that scene that that it it I don't know if it wasn't caught on camera or what, but Miss Dorothy, I did go up and apologize to her. I went up and apologized to Letitia. I did apologize to everybody, and Letitia and I are cool with each other. I mean, we have no issues with one another. Right now, has I mean, I know we still have the reunion and. I think another episode before their reunion. Have you, has Marie got to say anything to you about maybe like 
apologize to you for her actions or? No. And Marie's even gone as far as reporting me to the nursing board from this is the word through the grapevine saying that I'm a racist. Oh, no. Yeah. So (laughs) that's what I've heard. Um, She has made it very clear she thinks I'm a racist. Um, Mm. So, I mean, I guess because I don't like her as a person, I guess that makes me racist, but whatever in her eyes. Now, do you think, I mean, if a lot of people are upset with her, do you think you guys will ever be able to move forward to a better space? I don't think me, I I can't speak for everybody else. Uh, I know who I talk to mainly, and I mainly talk to Antoinette Latrice. So I can't speak for them, but I'm going to be honest. I, I don't foresee a relationship forming with Marie. Well, definitely on my end, it won't happen. Not at mm-hmm. all. Not at all. Is your social media private now? Did you? Oh, it was for a week. Okay. Was it, it was for one week? Yeah. After was the brunch it... scene, I was having so many people inbox me and send me really hateful messages. And Antoinette was like, just just go private for a week. I mean, it, the brunch scene, when, I, when it happened, was hard for me. And then when it aired, it was hard for me. So it was private for that week. But, but now it's open. Right. And that's what I'm just curious how, like, that social media reaction, um, you know, how was that? Because, I mean, that's hard to deal with people being so mean, especially over a scene that they... You know, they weren't there. They don't know exactly what happened or why you did what you did. Did you feel like you had to, like, when they inboxed you, did you feel like you wanted to tell them, like, hey, this is what happened and respond to them and get engaged? Yeah, I did. And I think there was one girl I responded to. And then I had advice from my lawyer. Um, I talked to Antoinette. I talked to my family. And everybody's like, look, nobody was there. There's nothing you're going to say. People can cut and edit your response. Just let it pass. And Carlos gave me the best advice. He was like, one thing he's learned with reality shows is give it two weeks and people are over it after two weeks, whatever the situation is. So it was a very, very hard two weeks for me. Um, But I wanted so bad to tell people the truth or tell people, no, no, what? That, that's not who I really am. I was getting a lot of responses. I think what got me, the I don't care what people say about me. I have never cared. And anybody that's on a reality show is at a point in their life where they don't care what people say about them because they have that kind of personality. What con- what started getting scary to me was when I was getting messages that said, um, you live in Jackson, I'm going to come find you and I'm going to kill you and your family or... Mm. And I have, I'm a single mom with a daughter and um, responses that were, um, those were the ones that were the scariest were people that were like threatening to come find me and murder me or beat me up or um, because I was more worried about the safety of my daughter. The things where people were calling me KK Kaylin um, or crying Karen or Miss Millie, um, all that stuff's just you know, sticks and stones. But when people were threatening my family, that's what made me the most worried. Right. And I, yeah, that's definitely not okay. Um, and I hate that. That's the part I do hate about fans and stuff on reality TV is I just feel like some people take it so far that, <clears throat> you know, if they really 
it's supposed to be entertainment. And that's yeah. why I've always looked at it. And um, I get like, you can, you know, it, it's just like with any show, even like a scripted show, you do get that emotional response with characters. And I get, they may be upset at the scene, but it's like, even if they're upset, they don't have to go to the point of, you know, threatening someone's life. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where people were calling you a care. And I'm like, I know it's like this new thing that people are saying. And I'm yeah. Just, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, I just, I think, I don't know if like, it's, you know, I think on reality shows, maybe they have to have someone that they really don't like. And yeah, you know, it. but it's like, I just don't think she's like that. And that's what I told Latr- Latrice when I talked with her, I said, Caitlin's not like this. <laughs> I, no. I can tell from the show. No. I will tell you though, something I giggled at that I will give people kudos to. I will definitely give them kudos to. I kept seeing the Miss Millie comment and somebody referred to the color purple. Have you ever, have you seen the color purple? I haven't. Okay. Well, there's a scene and it had been years. I mean, I haven't seen it since childhood, but there's a scene with Oprah Winfrey where she's working with Miss Millie and Miss Millie's this, this white lady that, that she thinks she's treating, I don't remember Oprah's character in the movie, Sophia, Sophia. She thinks she's treating Sophia well, and she's like, but we're not like this. And there's a scene where she takes Sophia to her family, and Miss Millie's trying to get her car started, and she's screaming the whole time, and all the family members, are Sophia's family members are trying to help her, and she was screaming and crying, and I went and watched that, and I was like, you know, people are pretty accurate. That definitely looks like the way I was during the scene. We're not like this. Okay, that um, makes I'm sense. I'm not though. a Miss Millie in real life, but the scene, I definitely look like Miss Millie in the scene. <laughs> right, okay. Well, see, that's, that's a better, at least that doesn't seem as, like, hurtful as, like, I don't know, when you get to the point of threatening someone, I just think you either, like, you need, you need to help yourself because... It's really not yeah. that serious. Like, it's I don't reality think TV. It's reality right. TV. I mean, it's not real life. There's so much provoked. There's you're taking. They're taking people who not everybody has met or hung out and taking diverse personalities and putting them in a room together. There's going to be controversy. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> kind of going to a lighter moment. The one of the more recent episodes. I the, the ladies you invited them out to like your farm or a farm and you were picking out a goat, you know, how was that filming like fun scenes like that with the ladies and kind of showing a different side of you as well? So we had so many fun scenes that I don't think are going to make it because next um, episode is the last episode. Like we did a speed dating scene for Antoinette. Oh, it was probably one of the funniest scenes we filmed we were crying we were laughing so hard um and i don't i don't think it's gonna be on there um the the farm scene was so hilarious the girls um so the farm was owned is owned by a lady named miss cindy and mm-hmm. she i don't remember i want to say 60 acres is how much she has and she's she has produce she passes out to the entire state of Mississippi. People buy from her. I think Kevin Hart has come and film on her farm. She's an AKA from I want to say JSU, maybe Alcorn. She graduated, I think, in Mississippi. Um, 
But that was so incredibly funny because the girls were getting mic'd up at the very end of the road. And one of the producers started, she came down, her name was Mimi, and she told Slane, she said, I'm sorry, I've got to be here in person for this scene. And Slane's like, why? She said, these girls are already screaming, they're hollering, they're <laughs> out of the vehicle in an ant bed, she's rolling on the ground, uh, the girls can't walk through the grass, we're strapping them up in the GoPros in the car, she's like, I'm sorry, I gotta be here for this. And <laughs> the girls came out there, and I really liked the farm scene because they really showed that one as is. I mean, that's how the farm scene was. Um, and those were a lot of the funny moments. We did a uh, charity event with everybody. Um, Marie decided not to show up for that on part. I don't know why, but anyways. Uh, we did a charity event. The charity event was really, really cute. Uh, there was a cute little moment. I don't think it's going to be on the show where Latrice said, Kaylin, I think you're invited to the barbecue. And I did not know that means that that's lingo for a white girl can hang with black girls. And so oh. I was like, hey, yay. Well, when's the barbecue? And do I need to bring like, are we on a low carb diet or y'all want me to make some potato salad? <laughs> and first off, there was two problems. One, I didn't know it was an expression. Right. Two, I even if you go to a barbecue, nobody but the matriarch in a black family brings a potato salad. And oh. so here I am being like, should I bring the potato salad? And and they're just, the girls were just falling out of their chairs laughing so hard. And so there was a lot of cute little like white girl moments, you know, with that. I don't think that scene made it. There was another one, International Practice, I don't think made it. So we had so many fun scenes we filmed similar to the farm scene that I hope would make it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paco, my dog's howling. He oh no, you're the batteries must have ran out of his bark collar. Oh no, you're fine. But we do have a scene. I hope it makes the next episode. I did buy the goat. Oh, okay. And when Latrice picked that, well, Latrice hates animals. So when she picks the goat up, the first thing it started doing was chewing on her goddess length hair. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that made it. I saw it during reunion that they got to meet the goat. Um, so hopefully that doesn't get cut out. Oh, that's a nice. Oh, that's so sweet. And you'll uh, get to see my uh, fiance the next episode too, because he comes in. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> now, what does he think of the show and, um, you know, everything involved with being on a reality show with you being on a reality show. Um, okay. So what I think he thinks and what he thinks is probably different. Um, he originally said, it sounds like it's got really good potential. Do it. Um, he has never watched a reality show in his life. This is the very first one he's ever watched ever. And so he's like, uh, it's trash. It's trash. But he thinks that, you know, cause it's a reality show. He's actually acquaintances, you know, Dr. Aiden from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. So he texts Jennifer's husband. He texted him when I was going to do the show and said, what, um, my, my fiance has gotten asked to do this show. What do you think? And he was like, uh, don't believe anything the producers say. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Justin was like, should she do it? And and he was like, yeah, she should do it, but just she needs to, you need to be prepared for the emotional turmoil she'll go through when it airs. Because I guess he's had to do that with his wife. And so Justin, Justin knows Dr. Aiden very well. And so he was really on board with it. I, he's a he's a plastic surgeon, so I always oh. feel like anybody that's a plastic surgeon has a little bit of narcissistic tendencies, just <laughs> need to be famous kind of thing. And so I think he likes the fame idea of it, but I think he has he's been through so many emotions with me, and I've been through so much depression with the show that that's the part he doesn't like about it. Right. Um, I told him, uh, you, you know, he's he's in, but he's 100% on board, supportive. And every Friday, he is in front of his TV watching the show, no matter where he is. Oh, see, that's that's <laughs> great to see. Oh, um, now since you said it was originally going to be a couple show, was he going to be more of a part of it with the original concept? Yeah. So he and I both were originally interviewed. And what made us very unique, so when the idea was pitched to us, it was they wanted a really diverse, culturally diverse show. Like, I think they had interviewed, um, you know, well, they interviewed Antoinette and her husband, who were still married at the time. They interviewed Justin and I. We We were a white couple. And I think they'd interviewed other white couples. But what made us unique was he was from New York and I was from Mississippi. And we were in the medical field. And I think there was one girl they interviewed. She was Indian. Her husband was black. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know all the couples they interviewed. They just kind of mentioned it. I think Latrice was one of the original people they interviewed. So, yeah, he was originally interviewed. And they, the producers told us, they said, yeah, all the guys were so boring. And then people started getting divorced. And we just decided not to go the couple direction anymore. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, but I mean, yeah, I get that. Um And so that's interesting. So Antoinette, that's why originally, so she was with her husband Mm -hmm. and they were, okay. And then when she divorced, they were still married because we interviewed April, 2019. I think her divorce was final January, 2020. Mm. Now, did you know her husband well, or. I knew him. He's very quiet. He's very, very quiet. Um, she wears the pants. She wore the pants for sure. But they were like the iconic couple. And I found out about their divorce right before the baseball scene. And the only wow. reason I did was she had to tell me because we were about to do the scene. Mm-hmm. And she was that private about it. Okay. Very private. Very, very private. And see, this is so different for her. I've seen she's gotten a lot of negativity online because she talks about how she's very private. People are like, but you're on a reality show. Antoinette's very private. She's not going to give you what she does not want to give you. She's just not. And her divorce was, I told her I was picking up on the divorce based on social media because I noticed little things like a ring not on her finger or she took solo trips and stuff like that. But Antoinette's not going to go out there and share her business with anybody. Mm. Now, how has she felt? I mean, as as your her friend, how do you think she's felt being on the show and having you know to put things out there that you know put her life out there and be be more open? If anything, it's probably 
put her, it's probably made her a little more anxious. If I had to guess, I can't speak for Antoinette. Right. Um, but one thing she and I talked about is we're in very conservative fields. And when I say this, this is not like disrespecting the other girls. I wish I had a brand that I could use the show to take off, but I don't. I work in a hospital setting. So I have to be, and I work in a medical setting. And so I have to be very careful. Well, Antoinette, she has her own practice at this point, but the medical field is very, very strict, very conservative. Right. They drill it into us that anything that appears unethical, you can lose your license over. So if I had to guess it probably just based on our conversations, it's created the same amount of anxiety in her um, because of the conservative field she's in. It's not like when we were on the show, we were any different than the way we are in real life. It's the fact that it's on national TV, you know, mm-hmm. so if we drink a glass of champagne, you know, how many times are they going to film us taking a sip? If we, <laughs> you know, if we, uh, if we accidentally a bad word slips out, you know, are they going to air it? And so there's just, or are they going to just, we don't know how it's going to be cut and paste. So I, I would say it's probably giving her more anxiety, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Antoinette's always going to be private. She's always, even like there's only so much information she's going to give me, you, anybody. She's just going to keep stuff to herself. Mm, okay yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense and you know I think they have done a good job um even though she's private it seems like we do get to see certain things and emotional scenes that she shared at least that like the divorce stuff I think is really emotional and very but it's for other people it's nice to kind of see or not nice but people can relate to it she seems very Mm -hmm. relatable and mm-hmm. the practice thing that she has going on, she has a lot going on that she is sharing, it seems. And that's, that's um, I think I really like seeing her on the show. And I like, you know, her sweet, fun personality. So I'm glad we do get to see that. So I'm glad she did do the show. But I get it can be very stressful. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you, so do you think if there is another season, do you, would you want to go back and do it again? Um, even though through all the dramatic stuff, would you do you think it would be worth it going back and maybe seeing maybe they can show more of your personal life, or would you rather just say this is it? I'm done. I did it once and said I did it, and I'm yeah. Kind of um. Well, I have first off, I haven't been approached. If there is a season two, I have not been approached yet to be on it. Mm-hmm. Other girls have or not, but I have not been approached. Um, I think for me, because of the negativity I've gotten where people call me a racist for no reason, and um, I would not probably do season two if I was approached about it. I think the only reason I would even consider season two is if I was made main cast and my storyline was told a little bit more. Um, But at this point being secondary cast, it's just not worth the stress of a racist um, over and over and over and over. And the, the, the fear that people are going to come 
some crazy person gonna break in my house and kill my child it's just not worth it so at this point no i will not do season two if i'm approached unless you know carlos really wanted to invest in me a little bit more okay yeah no that that totally makes sense i completely get that and i think that's a good way to um go about it oh now this is the other question that i thought of um so this was all filmed within the last year like august of last year and um even latrice said like covid was still around and but the way you guys at least and i know she said um production did a really great job with safety and all that but like you really don't really real you don't it's not a show in the documenting life with COVID and everyone's wearing a mask and running around and kind of reliving what people have lived with the last year, which kind of depresses people. It's an escape for people. Mm-hmm. But you don't really have to think of a world, you know, that was shut down and all of that, even though you're filming and I know she said everyone gets tested and, you know, they it's a very- were so strict. They were so strict about testing to the point we, the last green screens that there were got shut down completely. Mm. Somebody was positive, and so they just completely shut it down, packed up, went home. We were supposed to do the reunion in L.A., and they were like, nope, we can't fly you up to L.A. We're going to do it somewhere in Jackson. Um, They would make us go, like, once a week to go get COVID tested, and... um, at like a trust care center and then they even were doing on-site testing with oh. so they were very strict the when you see restaurant scenes um i don't know about every restaurant scene because obviously i wasn't at everybody's moment but i know we had some you know a lot of people in the background are kind of extras you know the and and there was really strict policies of covid testing even with people in the back in the restaurants mm. so they were incre- they were incredibly uh, they were incredibly cautious about covid and it was it was a nice escape because everybody was tested so we could just walk around mask free right um, right that's you, nice. it was it was uh it was definitely a nice break as far as that was concerned Yes, for sure. Um, now, what is something that you want fans of the show and just people to know about you? Like a fun fact or anything that you want people to know about you that they don't get to see on the show? Oh, gosh. Um, well, with me, well, I don't even know. I mean, I guess. You know, the the show hits so much on race. And so I guess the main thing is, obviously, I'm not a racist. Right. <laughs> but I, mean, I don't think I, that, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I'm not a racist. Um, right. Uh, the main thing with me is, and this is one of the big reasons I went on the show, is I am a single mom. And I got pregnant at 19. Mm-hmm. And what I was hoping was going to be aired, which I I don't think the conversations will be aired because it seems like they've been cut. Um, is I had my daughter at age 20 and I was failing out of school. And and I obviously watched Real Housewives of uh, Orange County and saw how Tamra's Tamra, 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 uh-huh. how she said um, how she had a child at a young age. I worked incredibly 
incredibly hard. I went through nursing school. I paid my way through a master's degree. I paid my way through my second master's degree. I was doing 16-hour shifts. I, there was a time period where um, I was in two different programs because I was going to fly out of school at one point. Um, I was living on uh, in a one-bedroom apartment. I, 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 there was nowhere to go but to get my furniture from Goodwill. And I know you hear it one scene where I said I come from a prominent family. My family cut me off when I got pregnant. And they didn't do that to be mean. They did it to to make me figure my way out in the world so I could feel that fire. So I was broke. I was very, very broke. And I didn't have a pot to piss in, basically. I was so, I, I had nothing. I was on government assistance, Medicaid. Um, and I worked really, really hard. There were times where I was, um, couldn't even remember what babysitter I dropped my kid off at because I had different babysitters lined up for different days. The main message I want to get across to people is um, that if there is any single moms that listen to your podcast, that um, you can make it and you can still go get a degree and that you can um, work your butt off. And I never had child support. My daughter's father never, ever helped out. I never asked him to help me out. And mm-hmm. I still think and I don't I want women to know that about me is that I'm not just some little privileged girl on the show. There is a story behind me and um maybe they'll see it one day. Right. Well that's that's great to hear. And congratulations on everything you have going on and the upcoming wedding. That's so exciting. Thank so you. um is he are you is he gonna move to Mississippi or are you gonna move to the uh, to New York with him, or how's with how's that gonna work? He's moving to Mississippi. Oh, that's exciting. He was he met me here in Mississippi, and he loved it here. Oh, um, he just he's those people in New York are assholes. He loves how nice people <laughs> are in Mississippi, but he he thinks like, cost of living's great. People are right. smart in Mississippi, and I think that's the we have a negative connotation because people think that we're just a bunch of dumb hicks there's some pretty intelligent people in Mississippi. he he got to see that firsthand so he's gonna actually come back here in a year and a half so we get married in july so we'll he'll come back in a year but we're actually gonna start doing some probably some in vitro in the fall and right so that by the time he's here we'll have a little you know, Kaylin and Justin running around. Oh my gosh. That so, is so um, and that's going to be the only kid, only other kid I have that's it, that's done. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's going to come here. And when my daughter finishes up school, we'll decide if we want to stay here. I've always wanted to live in Florida. Um, yeah. Oh man, I've always wanted to live there or Texas, but definitely. Florida might be the route we would end up going if we ever move somewhere else. But as of now, he's coming back. He's coming back. And he's got that Long Island accent, which he's going to, based on what I've seen in Reunion, you're going to you're gonna get to hear him and Cliff having a conversation. Him, Cliff, and Glenn having a conversation next episode at Latrice's um, hair launch party or her oh. shampoo launch party. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. I'd love to. My daughter will be in the next episode, too. Oh, see, that's great. That's a great way to end the season. 
Yes, yeah. there is so much they're having to cram in. I hope they don't cut some of my scenes, but there's so much I got to cram in next episode. There's so much that's about to happen. Right, right. Well, I'm excited. I'd love to meet your fiance someday because he okay. seems like a great <laughs> person. That's awesome. Um, but again, oh my gosh, thank you so much for doing this. It means so much that you trusted me to do an interview with, especially because you haven't you haven't done one yet. So I'm like so honored. It thank made you. my year that you decided to do this with me. So I really do appreciate this interview because it does get me a, give me a chance to tell my side of the story um, because I have been silent in that aspect. Um, and um, I would love to do one in the future with you. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Kaylin from Bell Collective on OWN. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys got to get to know Kaylin a little bit better. And if you want to follow our social media, you can follow it at Reality Talk Podcast on Instagram. And then I will be making a Twitter soon. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have tons of fun stuff on Twitter, like polls. And I'll be live tweeting some shows. So, um please stay tuned for that. Um, and you can also follow my personal social media. It's at Jackson Seth 35 on Instagram and Twitter. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. We have um, a ton of great guests that are coming up. And especially if you love Bravo, um, please stay tuned because I, I finally have some Bravo guests. I know a lot of people have been asking for some Bravo guests finally. So I do have some coming up, but again, thank you guys so much for listening.